Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode of the Full Sleep Podcast. Today, I've got Gino Manley on the show, and on this episode, we talk about COVID-era track days, the story of the famous two-year-old Mazda 2, how he manages to attend sometimes 45 events a year, and some interesting cars he's got in the garage. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Full Sweep Podcast. My guest on this episode is a guy who is at the track pretty much every weekend. Uh, is the host of the JZL Podcast, a frequent endurance racer, and has his own t-shirt. It's Gino. What's going on, buddy? Man, I'm just hanging in there, ready to get back to uh, get back to racing here after this uh, little COVID thing. But uh, looks like things are clearing up and, uh, and getting better here. So, yeah. So. That's what I want to talk to you about, mainly. I mean, there's plenty of things we can go on about, but you you attended one of the first COVID-era track days. I think you were at AMP and Roebling, but what, what was that like? What, what, uh, it had to be a little bit different from the norm. Yeah, you know, the, the funniest thing about it is I was kind of on both ends of this. Um, before it really got bad, I was actually at the Jayzilla Death and Winter event at AMP, and that was kind of the the week this was starting to become an issue. People were really going to get worried about it. So even then, we did a digital drivers meeting. Um, everyone was, you know, keeping social distancing. It, it really wasn't too big of a deal, um, but it, we were kind of conscious of it. And from that event, everything it seemed like got canceled. Um, I was supposed to race at Road America, that got canceled. I was supposed to do a WRL race at Mid Ohio. So um, in between uh, there and now, a lot of stuff got canceled. So. The first track event back was the SCCA had a track night, um, an America event. The you know short events they run generally three to seven at Atlanta Motorsports Park. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of a hike for me. I mean, it's still about a six-hour drive. Uh, luckily, um, on-site uh, chill-out systems has a garage, and James and Jayzilla keep the the new Jayzilla Mazda three there. So I figured I I made the trip up there, um, ran that event. Sort of interesting. Um, SCCA does a good job. The track night events are pretty well run. Uh, they mandated masks when you were out of the car, um, which I thought was just uh, everyone cooperated. They provided masks if you needed them. So Hayward and those guys did a heck of a job. Everyone kept their distance. And it was a well-run event, typical track night. And then that following Thursday, or the following day, actually, I had the jet from Dawsonville to Savannah. And uh, one of the race teams I'm with, AOA Motorsports, had a client kind of rent the track. Um, and so we were out there tooling around, keeping social distance, uh, you know, had about 15 guys just having a good time. So it was really awesome to get back to the track. I think the social distancing with the mask, um, even Jay Zilla just made an announcement today. Um, I think you're going to see masks on and, and have this go on at least probably, you know, for the next two or three months. But, um, you know, most members and most of the clubs and the, and the groups, they're so excited to get back. I think they'll they'll uh, participate and cooperate with it. And, uh, you know, just whatever gets us back on the track, even the pro guys are you look at NASCAR this weekend and, and they're having to do a lot of the same stuff. So um, whatever gets us back in the track, I'm all for it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty wild. I mean, as you know, like on my my work end, um, the company I work for does work with the SCCA, and so I've been talking with Hayward about how we do events moving forward. And um, I mean, th- those guys have got their ducks in a row, and then obviously I work with NASCAR guys too. And uh, my guy Alex Bowman, he got P two, uh, was killing it. Um, but and those guys are taking tons of protocols. Um, but I, I think, you know, I started thinking about it and 
watching how the NASCAR guys came into the track and they went out and they pl- they played and raced and came back. And I was like, you know what? It kind of looked like a typical weekend for us, you know? I mean, the stands were not filled, so that's kind of how, you know, it looks like when we're at a racetrack or, or racing. And, uh, you know, they had minimal crew, which we typically have minimal crew, and uh, everybody had a good time. And they, actually, the viewership I saw um, actually surpassed golf and the last dance, which I was really surprised by. Uh, for Sunday, which I, I watched, I know, I know you're a you're a NASCAR fan. I'm sure you watched Darlington's a blast because those guys move around quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting year for sure. Um, I mean, I'm I'm all for high fives, but I think right now it'd be better just uh, you know, given the 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 friendly wave. <laughs> no, no, and I agree, and again, that's the tough thing, you know, in, in our hobby, everyone loves to pat on the back, you know, give high fives, you know, shake hands. I'm a big, you know, I like to try to go meet people whenever we do. Them. Yeah. But, um, you know, I I tell you, as a fan of motorsport, um, I won't lie, and again, I know a lot of, uh, especially guys I know, aren't big NASCAR fans. Um, but man, I'm so proud of motorsport and especially yeah. NASCAR. They they were the first ones to jump back in and. Um, huge opportunity for, for motorsport, you know, again, even if you're not a NASCAR guy, if you're a sports car guy, you know, which I mainly am. Uh, yeah, same here. Seeing, yeah, people seeing cars on TV, um, getting involved in the sport, you know, it's stuff like that's how you get guys to come do what we're doing, even on amateur level. Um, so whatever gets out there. So I, I'm proud to be a motorsport fan, um, you know, especially you know, them taking the leap to get back to, to racing. I think it's huge. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it was really fun. Um, I mean, since I took the role I'm in now, I've been more active on Twitter just because a lot of our motorsports partners and um, just guys I know now that race and everything else, um, Twitter has been pretty hilarious and fun to follow along with. And uh, I saw like Tommy Miller, uh, you know, Corvette driver posted and he was he was watching the NASCAR race, which I thought was really cool. And uh, he was appreciating the kind of run what you brung mentality since the guys had no practice, no qualifying. Like they just went out there and ran. And I was pumped because you know, I'm obviously a huge Hendrick Motorsports fan. And those guys were all running up front and uh, a track. Oh, line. Man, I thought I thought Jimmy was going to pull this one off, man. I know. I know that it was heartbreak. I think it was really like, it, I mean, it was heartwarming to see everyone like outcry because Jimmy was like in his element. Cause I think it was, you know, it's Darwin's is one of those tracks. You got to have a good car, but also like the driver skill comes in really heavily uh, just because the cars move around and, and, you know, they're trying to conserve tires, but they're also trying to run, you know, crazy good laps. And uh, man, Jimmy had an awesome lead and he was laughing the last, the, the guy who was in last and that guy checked up and hit him and, but you know they're back Wednesday, and I think uh, I think he's excited. I think that whole team's excited. But um, yeah, Alex Bowman got P two. I think let's see Chase. I think got P four. Um, but it was it was fun. That that was I really did enjoy watching that race. But I'm I'm pumped to see those guys like run the Roval, um, that, those kinds of things. So yeah, and, you know it, it's funny you bring it up, and and you know I know a lot of Jimmy Johnson fans are out there, but you know I, I was a huge Jeff Gordon fan, and. I remember watching his last season. Uh, but, you know, I tell you, what I'm curious about with Jimmy, and, and I guess we'll find out, is what's he going to do after, you know, after this year. Um, probably my favorite, you know, racing as a racing fan moment was uh, Rolex 24 uh, when Jeff was with Wayne Taylor Racing. Yeah, um, no, totally. I, I was there in the kink, in the rain when he was in the car. 
Um, and, and that's probably one of my, you know, again, from a, being a huge NASCAR guy, but being more, you know, related to sports car racing, um, seeing that. So, you know, again, I, I think uh, hopefully Jimmy pulls it off and, and gets number eight. But um, I'm more curious to follow that and see what he does after this. Uh, you saw him when he tested the tested the, uh, the the Indy car. Just you know, again, there's a there's a lot of things that I'm more you know excited about the after story because uh, you know I think that would be good for for motorsport in general. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been it's been fun. I mean, so I, I've I've actually gotten to talk with him uh, a little bit. Uh, just the nature of my work. And I think he's really excited. Um, and he's got such a diverse background. And um, I mean, one of the coolest moments I've ever had was even before I was in a motorsports role. Now I was in the sales role and we had Jimmy as a, um, as he came and talked to one of my customers and uh, it ended up like, just because the timing, a lot of people didn't show up. So Jimmy like kind of walked me through how to get through Daytona which is pretty awesome. Um, and my favorite was he told me uh, when I came out, he said, when you come out to the bank, you're going to r- want to run to the wall. And, and then you just stop. He's like, you'll, you'll just see it. You'll understand. And sure <laughs> enough, like when I came out, I was like, dang, Jimmy Johnson, like he, he, he got it. This, this is exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, but he, uh, he's excited, man. You know, he's, I always ask him every little chance because I only get a few little moments with him. Um, and we were, we were on a shoot together uh, right before this all happened. Um, and, you know, I always ask him about when he got to go drive the Formula One car. And I love hearing, you know, his take on that and just that experience. And um, and he loves that stuff. He, he, you know, he's one of those guys, which I think is so cool, that he appreciates all walks of motorsports. And I think he's got a big bucket list, and I feel like he's going to go after it all. Um, and he's in the best shape of his life, you know. So, um yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be interesting. Um, and Jeff Corden's also is the coolest, and I, I think he's going to follow in those footsteps. And I feel like he's going to do even more just because of just his drive and determined. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys going to try to be a broadcaster like Jeff. And I think Jeff does a great job at that. But I think Jeff, uh, you know, Jimmy's going to be more. I'm going to go out and I'm going to race cars for as long as I can. <laughs> no, and, and I hope so too. Again, it's good for American motorsport, you know, to, to have a guy like that out there in different, you know, different venues. So. No, totally. And, hey, and, and uh, speaking of, I meant, I mentioned Charlotte River Speedway. Are we, are we racing at Charlotte River Speedway? Is this happening? So, I know we, yeah, we, we, did it. we definitely <laughs> need to put this together and, and I'll tell you why. And, and I feel like you might agree with this. Um, I feel like me and you are kind of ambassadors for Jayzilla, you know, yeah. kind of yeah, giving yeah. us a little bit, a little more exposure than, than, you know, for whatever reason. So I just totally. feel like, you know, I've got access to cars. Uh, it, you know, it's a, for where you work. That's a big, big place. You know, Charlotte is yeah. it's a big event for us. So I think we really need to, uh, you know, sit down here and put something together. Um, and I, and I know James Marcelana is going to listen to this. Um, I think <laughs> a, 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 a team up with me and you in a car together doing. Oh, be so fun! First of all, I think we would, I think we'll kick some ass. To be honest with you. Yeah, but second, yeah. I think it'd be a, a cool, um, you know, and, and just to give the, some of the listeners a little background. Um, every single year, Jay Zilla has you know the lights um, event, which if you want to, uh, you know, again talk about you know again it's a big event for all of us. And um, this year, James has invited the Lucky Dog Racing League out of the. They run particularly um, out on the West Coast and. Uh, obviously, we're predominantly we have a bunch of endurance series out here, uh, so this is going to be their first event. They're going to team up with us, and it's going to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. Uh, Friday there'll be a, and I might mess this up, but Friday there should be a two-hour enduro, 
It'll be parked for May overnight. Then they have a five-hour Saturday morning. And then we run the Jay Zillow Under the Lights event from noon, I believe, till uh, till it gets dark. And yep. then the following Sunday, there's another race. So um, somehow, some way, that would be what I'd like to do is team up with you and get in the car. And heck uh, yeah, man! I know you drive, you know, high horsepower cars. <laughs> I'm kind of a low horsepower guy, but um, I think we can make it work. So definitely, we need to get some get some things put in the motion. We got plenty of time, um, but I think it'd be a it's something we really need to try to, to put together. So. Oh, I think I think it'd be so much fun. Well, and you know, I, I'm an, I'm an S2000 guy at heart. I'll probably have another one. I I could I bet this time next year there's a good chance I'll have another S2000. Um, <laughs> like I, I keep talking about it, and it's probably driving all my friends and my family crazy because every time I see one post, I'm like, "Ooh, man, I need another one of these." Um, even though I love the Camaro so much and it is awesome, and uh, I just I don't know, it's just consumables are what eat you alive almost and i just miss like the s2000 and not feeling guilty about driving it like a complete hoon which i I don't feel that guilty in in the camaro until i go back and look at the tires um but you know it's uh it's just it's like i think it's the most rewarding car ever but i I started out in like the lowest well not uh maybe not well actually the same horsepower powers miata the first real car i ever drove was our Formula Ford autocrossing, and that was back in like 08. It's got maybe a hundred, a hundred and five horsepower on a cool day. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, you know, it's funny. Um, your story, my story, as far as how we got into the hobby, is kind of similar. I started autocrossing. Yeah, I want to um, hear but, about this. Yeah, yeah, how did yeah, how did you start? So funny story. So I mean, again, it, it's it's way back, and it's gosh, only probably six, seven years now. But um, yeah. I bought a Golf R32. I was uh, my first big car purchase, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, started autocrossing it. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Now I look back, it was underpowered and too heavy. <laughs> um, autocross really heavy. Like I, you know, again, people don't realize this, but I was that guy. Um, I was. I ended up uh, started autocrossing this R32. And in between there, realized, hey, I need to have a Miata. So I, I, yep. I still have. I have an NB Miata. Not a lot of people know I had this car, but wait, what? Wait, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait, is it which? What? Yeah, no Hold one's on. seen it. It hasn't been okay. running in years, but it, it's. I still, I'm still in possession of it. Okay. And I, honest to goodness, I probably put fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in this car. Um, when I was younger, every dime I made went into this car, and I was that guy. <laughs> who would tow it, you know, nine hours to get two minutes of track time or two minutes of autocross time. <laughs> and when I started doing that, I started meeting people. And one of my friends said, hey, you know, again, if you're enjoying autocross, you should come do a, a chump car race with me. So I was like, okay, I'm in. So I bought in with one of my good friends, bought in half in a Mark II 1986 Golf. Uh, I'll never forget, I went and picked this car up midnight in the middle of nowhere, uh, Florida, and I already wired the money to the guy. When I saw what I picked up, uh, actually selling cars for a living, I said, man, I just got taken. That <laughs> golf, uh, which I still own too. Um, but that car ended up taking me to, gosh, probably two years of chump car races, um, places like Daytona. My first ever wheel-to-wheel race was actually at VIR, uh, which I, I'll never forget that. I, I thought it wasn't for me after my first stint, but kind of got comfortable. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, years went by and I started getting more involved, you know, to kind of get the edge off. I started doing a lot of track days um, and towards the end of, uh, I guess you could say my autocross career, 
I learned that there was a class called STF. I think it was Street Touring Front Wheel Drive, and it was the the Honda Fit, the Mazda 2, the non-supercharger turbocharged Mini. And for those not familiar with autocross, there's a handicap, the PAX, uh, the PAX Index. And if you had one of these cars and you're halfway decent, you would always you would always win. And so I bought one uh, and played with it for a couple couple uh, months. And the thinking was, if I ever went racing, I could turn it into a beast bet car. And uh, time went on, I started doing some trump car racing. And, and this car just sat for a couple years. And as I started doing wheel-to-wheel stuff, amateur um, stuff, I said, hey, let me go ahead and, and do some track days. And so that car ended up becoming more or less my track day toy, which um, it just ran a bunch of events. I think I've probably done... 15 20,000 miles of track time in that car Gosh. Uh, if i had to guess and um yeah just it's the on past- a t-shirt it's on a t-shirt now that says <laughs> this is gino be more like gino i own the t-shirt it's <laughs> it, it is I, like it was on my list of questions as the mazda 2 how did you land this car and now we know it was yeah. all from autocross and, and, and they look like it looks like a ride you're three-wheeling everywhere and you're quick you're really 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 quick in it and it's it seems like a really fun cheap car to go play the track at track yeah, with. So you know, and that that's the funny thing. Um, my my Miata was so set up for autocross. It just I didn't really think about using it on the track. I'd have to spend some money and, and kind of retweak it and things like that. So I had this car. The consumer rules were cheap. I tell you, the biggest secret to Gino, if people are wondering, and why I run that car is um the most is all the wheels i had were four by 100 15 by seven so anything i had from the miata and i from the golf would even fit and then i end up having a which i still have to uh an na uh chump car that we built kind of as i was still racing with that a lot all my wheels are interchangeable so i could just pull wheels off the race car if i want to go do a track there not to buy, buy wheels and tires so I think four or five of my cars are all four by 115 by seven. So that's why that's I ran so much. Um, but that car, people don't realize, is it still has rear drum brakes. It has a cheap set of lowering springs on it. And that's <laughs> it. I stripped the interior out. Um, so people think it's like on, on high-end coilovers. It's not. It's just some cheap $200 springs, um, <laughs> stock shocks. I think I have like a $50 rear torsion bar on it. But that car is about as stock as it can be. Um, and it has done, I mean, it's done some iconic tracks, um, Watkins Glen, Daytona, uh, Daytona wow. Sebring, Barber. Um, it's been to some crazy places. Um, but, yeah, that's, it, it became the track toy. And probably in the past three years, it's probably done anywhere from 35 to 40 events a year, some of the multi-day uh, events. But, um, but yeah, just the cost of it. I mean, sure, I'd love to run. I have an E46, and I'd love to run some of the more higher horsepower, faster cars as my main track cars, but I, I wouldn't be able to afford it versus this. I can buy a set of tires for 200 bucks, a set of pads for 50, 60 bucks, and just kill the car. And the car has been rock solid reliable. I mean, I blow out shocks a lot because I like to jump curbs, but um, <laughs> nothing mechanical has ever really gone wrong with that car, which is to me is just miraculous. So, yeah, that's I mean that's awesome, and that's the beauty of it. It's uh, you know like the Camaro, for instance. I'm actually my tires are at a local SNS tire here in town, um, and they're three hundred five thirty nineteens, and they are not cheap, and they only last like nine events, and nothing against the car. I mean, it is it is awesome, and it is one of the best cars I've ever driven and to experience that level of power and mechanical grip and the sound and everything else. It's, it's awesome. But at the same time, you know, you go 
replace a, a front of set rotors and then you buy pads for the thing and it actually use it it's just consumables in general and you start looking at the bill and you're like ooh man i uh i, I kind of miss those cracked rotors <laughs> and uh that that duralast lifetime warranty i had on the uh on the s2000 um well but... it's it's not even so much that i mean there's just things you don't realize so i have kind of a habit of uh renting c7 corvettes and, and they're not <laughs> them but you know you drive one of those and it's like after a couple of sessions it's like oh my gosh i, I gotta put gas in this where on earth do i yeah. get it versus on my little car I, I fill it up with 10 gallons and i'm good for like a whole day i don't even have to worry about fuel so um it's that it's uh, obviously the consumable part of it um you know and to me i'm the type i i I've kind of, uh, I love going to events Well, it's uh, obviously my main thing is I love, you know, doing Enduros and, and races like that, but um, just to get the edge off, even doing a track day, I mean, again, that's oh, man. so many, um, yeah. but, you know, the, the, the more you, you can, uh, you can save, you know, and the more you can do, I think the better, the more seat time you can get, um, the more events you can knock out. I think it, I'd rather spend the money on that than um, limiting the events because I have to, you know, maintain my car so. No, I totally agree, and and that's that's kind of where I'm getting it. And I've I've really enjoyed like the experience of the Camaro and everything else. And um, it has been aside from that time I almost killed you at uh, at Charmer Speedway <laughs> um, with the power steering deal. Um, the, the, you know, it's been extremely reliable, and the car is built to you know just just beat the crap out of, um, which is uh, it really I think would surprise a lot of folks who don't do track events like how much abuse it is on the car as far as just if, if the car doesn't have proper cooling, cooling for the brakes, uh, and even this car really differential transmission and, and, uh, you know, with an oil cooler, I mean, it really does, it's, it's heavy, heavy duty. And, you know, something like a Miata or an S2000 or Integra or Mazda two, I mean, it's just way easier on, on the wallet. And, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm am really pumped. I'm really glad that I I bought this car and I love it. And uh, you know maybe things change and well um, you know and I, I'll just interject. I mean obviously I'm a I'm a low horsepower guy. I'll preach that the whole way. Now don't get me wrong. I mean I, I've driven just about everything you can drive and yeah. Um, I love high horsepower cars and so for me in the perfect world, um, you might laugh at this, but like the car you have is probably the car I would buy right now if I needed. Yeah, I could see that. Track car. I, um, I I could I could totally see that. I think yeah. that people, the guys that get it, buy the SS one Elite. Yeah, and, and, it's and, my and, favorite chassis. I mean, of yeah, all the muscle cars, it is. And and even and it's it's funny. I've made like a couple Camaro friends and, and, and through like Instagram and stuff. Um, and it, it's been really funny. Like one of the guys, um, Alex Miller, he, uh, he's actually buddy with Jordan Taylor and, uh, him and Jordan always do, um, they, they all do obviously like card events together and stuff. He just sold his Camaro and just bought an E36 M3. Um, and I think it was kind of the same thing. I mean, he, he had a blast car. I think he was running, um, uh, takeoff slicks. And uh, he was telling me he was just, you know, looking for a change. And I think it was just consumables and everything else. Um, I didn't get to talk to him too much about it, but I assume it's kind of the same boat I'm in. It's like, I love the experience. It was great. But, man, if I'm going to, like, keep doing the amount of events I'm doing and, uh, you know, justify it, I think that, you know, long-term, something like an S2000 or a Miata or something else that just makes a little bit more sense. Um, and then a couple other guys I've seen purchase them that I know who've had – S2000s or Miatas and stuff. And, and they love it, but I think the consumables, uh, I actually got a message this week from a guy uh, who's got a Z01 Lee, 
and was saying, hey, I saw your post about the S2000 uh, that you had in the past. Like, which one should I buy? What, what should I do to it? Because the consumables are eating me alive. Um, and I, I think the S2000 is kind of a happy medium. It's just just enough on the, on the, on the power side and just enough on you know, the speed side. Um, and the consumables are still really low. I mean, brakes are cheap. Tires are pretty cheap. Um, the worst thing is the value of these things just keep seem to be creeping up and finding that one that's a deal is, is very difficult. Um, but yeah, no, and, and I think, you know, again, I, if you can afford it, um, you know, again, one, like some of the people, I mean, I know some guys, they had their dedicated, you know, cheap track car, Miata, thing like that. And then, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a, you know, a higher horsepower car. And, and I oh, think, totally. You know, again, it, sometimes again, it's, it depends on where you go. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I get really tired of going, you know, 97 miles an hour down the back streets road, Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when I exactly. Doing 150 and something else. But, <laughs> um, you know, again, there, it, it, you got to look at it like this. Um, I, I think if you take, uh, you know, driving on the track and doing these as, as improving the craft, you almost have to have one of those slower cars to be able to afford the seat time to learn momentum. Um, and you probably are the prime example of this because you're kind of like me where we've driven a little bit of everything. Yeah. Well, what we've learned in like you with your focus and me and the Mazda, well, now when I get into a vet or a Cayman or whatever it is, um, you know, again, I can understand at least how to carry momentum through certain turns. Um, yeah. And, and even so much of that, I mean, it's just like the Mazda for me has become more of a, nowadays i'm so comfortable with it it's become a track learning tool so when i go to yeah. a place i took it up to Watkins Glen last year and i did a private day and I, I think i burned like four or five hours of Watkins Glen just wow. because i wanted to learn the track and so it allowed me that i didn't really have to worry about learning the car so much that day as i could focus on it, go slow and learn the track and so i think people need to look at it like that you know when you're buying a track car um you know what's something i can learn with and grow with um, because there's a lot of guys right now that have SS one leads or have exactly. You know, and it's their first cars. car. It's their first and, track car. And they will never know what the limit of that car is. Um, and they might not even realize the computer is keeping them alive. So, um, that's, you know, that's just part of, you know, getting into this hobby. And that's the nice thing about some of the, the, I think the communities have gotten so strong, um, that, you know, again, we're helping people a lot earlier, um, just with, you know, things like green groups and certain you know, yeah. organizations. So, um, I feel like it's the job of guys like me and you that have been in the hobby a while and, and have a voice in the hobby that, you know, we need to try to get to those new guys as soon as possible to kind of help them along. And just the more people we get into this hobby, the better off we'll be organizationally wise and, and just having people to, to support it. So, no, I, t- I, I totally agree. And I think that um, I think the beauty of some of these new cars is that, you know, it's it used to be that you'd see a guy or a gal buy some crazy fast exotic car or something that you just knew was fast and like they, you knew they would never be able to approach the Olympics and it was too scary to drive on a racetrack but now like these cars have all these electronic nannies that keep keep them safe and let them experience it right and like my car you can put in like sport one and the thing is 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 harmless but you take you turn everything off and yeah it's forgiving for a guy like uh, you know, me or you, but like a beginner, you know, they're bound to loop the thing within two or three corners. And I think the thing I see with a lot of folks is, you know, a guy buys a, a Z01 or an SS1 LE or, you know, a Z011 LE and they, they don't have any experience in a low horsepower car, like a Miata, or they haven't built those fundamentals. And, and the cars, it, like you said, is really just 
hiding all their faults and they're, they're picking up all these bad habits. And if they were to ever go, you know, to a champ car race or a WRL event or something, they might be in for a rude awakening. If they try to go from their car, that's got these electronic nannies that are holding them down and great ABS and big, big tire grip and everything else. And they go to something with, you know, a smaller tire, a lighter car, low horsepower. It's kind of a rude awakening, you know? Um, and, I, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I highly encourage any of those guys that have the big horsepower cars to try to go humble themselves and, and find seat time in something that's not as powerful, that doesn't have that, you know, kind of, um, safety net. And, and that's like, I drive my car with everything off. And I remember you'll, you'll crack up at this. So I'm, I'm at a, I'm at an event. I'm actually testing the Corvette that I drove last year. And I got actually only one lap in it. So I just went out and played in my car the rest of the day. And you probably saw the video. I had my dad in the seat and I drifted an entire corner in third gear, at like 80, 90 miles an hour, full lock. <laughs> my dad thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Big, big. I could, I could hear him laughing in the car. Like we, it was just, it was perfect. But, uh, this other guy comes up to me in an SS1 LE and he, and I'm, he's asking about tire pressures and, <laughs> how about you know all this other stuff and he's asking about you know how i align the car and i'm like and he's like you gotta only go by the book and i'm like well not really like i shaved the strut i get negative three out front it's fine <laughs> he's like oh man you well oh, you're gonna disrupt the balance of the car and he's like are you running staggered and i'm like no man i run 305 square like a z28 it can rotate <laughs> it's you know tire you know it, it, the tires last longer he's like oh man that that's got to disrupt the balance like crazy it must oversteer too much and i'm like no no it's not bad he's like uh what mode are you driving in i'm like uh, uh i put it in touring for the steering <laughs> and <laughs> track mode and everything off and he's like what what like he was like he almost got mad. He was like, man, he's like, you got to drive the car in track mode steering, track mode suspension, and only race mode, man, because like the thing's out of control otherwise. And he's like, touring mode is for touring, not not for track use. I'm like, it's too heavy. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, like, it's too heavy. You got to like, it's better in sport or touring, depending on the track. And, you know, it was just so funny. Like, I, was, I kept laughing to myself. Like, this guy, he was just... He's, his mind like exploded when I told him this. He's like, Oh my God, I cannot believe this. I'm like, yeah, man, it's yeah. We, I run this thing in Turing mode. And, well, uh, you know, it's funny. And I, I just got to, because I think we've all experienced that guy, you know, and well, first off, I mean, you gotta, I will say this. I, I respect anybody that spends a lot of money and yeah, is willing to take their car. Totally. I think, I mean, I think me, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah props to you. And, and you know, there's some guys that will go buy a GT three or they'll buy a C7 and, or a C8 now, and they'll go out there with everything on. They're going to have a good time. Yeah. You know what? If you're okay with that, more power to you. Exactly. There are some guys that want to get better, and it's those guys that we got to give the speech to. Hey, you know, we might want to do this. And so I don't want to take anyone's fun away. If you're willing to spend $100,000 on the exactly. car, you want to take it on the track, and you want to be safe, more power to you. But if you want to learn a little bit, then, yeah, sometimes those aren't the best learning tools. Um, and you know, and, and, and the hobby is filled with both types of guys. Obviously me and you are more the type that we want to get better every single day and, and yeah. car control. Um, but you know, you need to have them all. And, and really the number one thing I, I think that a lot of us more experienced guys need to remember is 
these newer people that are coming in, they get a lot of bad advice. They read forums. Exactly. Um, and so, again, I don't want to say we have the responsibility to do, but we do have the responsibility that if somebody asks the question, give them honest advice and understand that, hey, they might have been misled on the internet, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And, and like, I always, I always give props. Like, I make a point if I'm on a track day and I see a guy like that brings like, you know, like a Lotus Esprit or like a Ferrari 355 or a McLaren or, you know, a, a new Mustang, you know, former SPAC 2. I'm always, and if I see him in green group, I'm like, dude, I can't believe you're bringing this car out here and this is awesome. You know, I think that's, and I think that's just so cool because you never see some of these cars ever get really truly appreciated. You never see them on the track. And I think that's the beauty of, having all these track events is like, Hey, you got this outlet where you can actually go use this car that was designed to go do this and not, it's not illegal. No, no, <laughs> you know, definitely. Exactly. You know, I, I just think that's so cool. And, but you know, Hey, if you ever, if, if any of you guys are ever at a, or gals are at a track event, go try to find one of the, like the, the, the coaches that's uh you know, a, a senior instructor or a senior coach there. And if you have questions, ask them because I think, I think that's where a lot of guys, you know, kind of lose their way is they're not. And um, Andrew and I talked about this Apex Pro um, about how, like, you know, you got to keep an open mind. And especially in uh, sponsor of the podcast is uh, Apex Pro and uh, use FastPat 2020 for, for a little discount. But um, th- those guys are awesome and they have all kinds of tools and, you know, just utilizing you know, everything you've got in your grasp and having a guy ride with you or do a lead follow, it, it's, it's crazy. I, and I always loved either riding with some of my friends that, you know, was super talented, like the Aaron Lichties or Chris Adams of the world. Like they were just, you know, they taught me so much or they rode right seat and they just gave me like little tips. I remember in the focus, like, yeah, I was like sliding around like a free, you know, a hooligan. Uh, but I remember Chris Adams was like, Hey man, after you hit the apex, you shouldn't be turning anymore. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I immediately picked up time. And it was like a couple of corners where I was just, you know, not thinking it all the way through. And it's like those little pointers that add up. And you've got to keep an open mind right at the track. That's, I guess that's my point. No, no, definitely. Again, I, I, I've had the... I'm fortunate enough to have ridden with some incredible drivers like you and, and to now give a lot of rides. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of things you got to keep in mind. Now, like one thing I was really bad about, um, especially in a car I'm comfortable in, like say it was a Miata, I would go out there and run how I was comfortable. And yeah. that might mean sideways over curbs. And then the guy that's riding with me, whether it's a, either a student or a fellow you know teammate of mine, I got to remember sometimes they can't, they don't have that confidence level that I exactly. have and they, they try to do it and they make a big mistake. So, um, you know, it's just so much, uh, you know what, like you, when, when you become kind of that, that, that go-to guy, you become an instructor. Um, you know, again, it's, it's just for us. Sometimes we got to put ourselves back and uh, heck, I remember my first actual track day. I was nervous. I was that guy reading everything online watching all the videos. Um, because you didn't want, you know, no one wants to look like an idiot when they go out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so you got remember some of these guys are nervous. Um, and I think if you can calm them down a little bit, you know, and, and kind of put yourself back to when you were there, 
uh, it's just you know a lot better situation. But yeah, be a be a go to guy if if you're in a, you know if you're more of a advanced guy in this, uh, we owe it to to the hobby to kind of give back and help some of these guys the best we can. So yeah, and and I always like tell people too, like don't be surprised. Um, you know, sometimes I've I've turned people down for rides that have come to me because I've given rides all day, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm I'm trying to go out there and maybe try something a little bit different. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of coaching myself today and, and yeah. I might, I might say, Hey, like next, next session, you know, let me know. But I, this session I'm really trying to go out or I might be going out with, you know, a couple of guys that, um, I love running with that have similar cars. Um, but one thing I always tell people too, is if you're that guy, always back it off a few tents. If you've got that passion in the right seat, because, and I know I post videos of me sliding sideways and being a complete hoon. And I always tell people like, Hey, like I've been doing this for a while and I always pick the corners that I know really, really well. Um, but you know, I don't typically do that with passengers and it like my dad, I was at Putnam park. If you go off, you pretty much go into a cornfield, no harm, no foul, but like, you know, you got a passenger at maybe NCM or road Atlanta. It's a totally different story. And the, the risk factor goes way up. Um, and oh, I meant to tell you, speaking of road Atlanta, I think the Camaro could do two sessions <laughs> and before <laughs> fueling it up because I, the first time there, or the only time there in the Camaro, I hope to get there a few times this year. I like hopped in the car. I'd done like two sessions and I was like, huh, oh, shucks, the thing's empty. And it was like, I ran two sessions. I was like, I had a full tank. What is this? But it runs, it does like 150 down the back stretch, and you know, you're wide open everywhere. Um, no, yeah, yeah I, I think that's a cool point. You know, so I actually haven't uh, driven the track taxi for, for Jay Zola and haven't given a bunch of rides and some other things. You know, for me, I had I, I still struggle with this, and um, I, I know it sounds kind of like a cliche, but like when and, and you might have experienced this because you do a lot of the, the, the time trial stuff where you're racing against the clock. Yeah, um, there's there's got to be a couple different modes even for us. And so sometimes I'll be doing a track day and I got to remind myself, hey, I'm not racing here. Exactly. Don't take yeah. the risk. And when, uh, uh, you know, again, the term, you know, souls on board when he has somebody on there. So, yeah, I will be flamboyant um, with a pastor. I'll slide <laughs> the car. We'll go over curves. But I'm always within that, you know, that 70, 80 percent range. Why I, I, exactly. I could correct it. And I know where I'm going. So, uh, yeah, great point. You know, to all you guys that give rides out there. Um, and, you know, I mean even if you're there even in a, in a de or a track day um if you're at a place like a charlotte and you want to go out and really have fun or you're going after times maybe consider not having a passenger because you know yeah. you don't ever want to have an issue so um I, I say if you're going to give a passenger um and and i'll be the first to i've had near misses with passengers and they still keep me up at night you know like man if, if i didn't <laughs> catch that car you know that could have been really bad um and so now when i take passengers i'm, I'm at a really I don't want to say a reduced pace, but I'm, I'm more of a really more cautious, even if we're having fun and sliding the cars around. Um, but yeah, great point. And, um, you know, the only time you really ever see me at 10 tenths anymore is if I'm in a race, um, you know, even doing an amateur race is like we do. Yeah, I'll give it an all then if I have to. But um, as far as these and the track days, you know, I, I try to back it down a little bit just because you don't want to be that guy that crashes at a track day, which I have been that guy. So. Yeah, it's well, it's like so. A and P, you know, I there was a time where I think everybody seemed to come up and want to take a ride, and uh, the only place I would like showboat would be like turn six because it's slow, it's second gear, and you can slide at like forty five miles uh, an hour, and, and people and, 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 and people, everybody, 
yeah, people think it's like, you know, well, there's there's the view deck and everything, and I like to give them the old wave as they go by. <laughs> one of my one of my most favorite times at AMP was actually actually at the Death of Winter. Um, somehow, somewhere, I ended up tracking a G63 wagon that one of our sponsors owned. Oh, I saw that. I was so, okay, I was so, I had so much FOMO <laughs> because I wanted to get to that event so bad. And I was going to go. I was like, I'm going to make it. And I looked at the my RS4s I had on the Camaro, and man, they were like all to the wear bars. I mean, I mean, bad. Like I drove it up the road, and in every gear it spun. <laughs> and I was like, this. I don't think I need to drive these to Georgia. So I, there was an NCM event, and I went there. And like, hats off to the people at Hankook because these car, these tires are completely heat cycled. I drive the NCM. I actually set my personal best there. Um, because the first time I went, I was on the good stock Goodyears, but I had uh, just almost killed Gino. Um, <laughs> you know, I I'd had some issues with the car, and I drove about seven tenths. I felt like, uh, but then you know, I got the RS fours. They're not as quick as the Goodyears, and I set you know relatively close times. But man, I was like, I was comfortable back in the car. Went out, and man, on these heat cycled tires, there's a few corners where it was obvious that. Uh, yeah, it was it was sort of out of, out of control because of the tires. I still set like my personal best of like a two sixteen, and I was like, "How in the hell?" But um, I was so worried that if I signed up for Death of Winter and it rained, I would probably well, crash on the way see, home. See, that was the best part. <laughs> so it did rain at Death of Winter in the morning. I would have died. And so I was in this seven thousand pound wagon, and turn six, like you said, the viewing deck. I was uh, I was I think I was running with the yellow group or something like that, just having yeah. fun. And this Mustang in front of me so decided to kick the tail out. So I was like, okay, I can do that. So I kicked the tail out on this G-Wagon, corrected. I looked to the left, and everyone on the viewing deck is cheering. Uh, <laughs> and so I could have died at that moment. Here I am sliding a G-Wagon that's not mine at AMP. Um, and But, yeah, so I can relate to, 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 to you and your turn six, uh, you know, uh, uh, shenanigans. But, yeah, AMP, Death of Winter, great event. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully you can make it next year. I know, man. It's it. I've got, I've got to. It's uh, you know, maybe next year I'll have an S two thousand trailer or just drive the Camaro down. Um, I I, I missed it because like you know I I started thinking about this one day. You know, I moved. I'm, I'm back in Lexington now. I lived in Charlotte for three years with my old job, and uh, you know, the, like the Jay Zill events were really like like an outlet of like uh, like just like close friends. You know, it, it, and I I feel like I tried to make every event I could. Uh, I made some great friends like you and James, Ryan, um, you know, Danny, uh, a bunch of the other folks there and just had a Rick, you know, and Nick and just had so much fun. It was, it, it was great. And I missed that so much. Cause I was, I was like, all my friends are there and I'm not, I think it's the first one I've missed in years. Um, so I, I've definitely got, you know, the Charlotte Mercy Bay event and I hope to hang out with everybody at the condos. Uh, that weekend uh, that are like on the, on the track. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll make the Red Atlanta event. Unfortunately, I think we've got, I think that's our, we're doing Talladega. I think that weekend. Um, well, you know, and it's funny, that's the other end of this. Um, all the schedules are so mixed up. So, you know, they so, are, um, I try to do, I mean, as, as one of the, the, the lead instructors for Jay Zill, I tried to do all those events. So I have those in the schedule. Uh, I'm trying to do the entire WRL season, and with this, a lot of dates got mixed up. So you know, it's just tough for everyone. But 
Um, you know, that I would recommend to everyone that's doing events throughout the year, no matter what series you're in, um, you know, double check your calendars and, and kind of see what you can make because everything got shuffled around. And um, I know I wanted to do uh, the grassroots motorsports, the ultimate uh, track car challenge. Well, that got moved. So now I'm shuffling around to try yeah. to make it. So, um, yeah, you know, again, just everyone check your dates and, and make as many as you can because it looks like things are getting back to normal. So, no, totally. I, I think I'll make most of the stuff in the fall. I think it should be good. Um, and, and, and with the company I work for and the SCA sponsorship, I'll probably make most of, or some of their events in July, maybe one, I might, I get to AMP in June. So hopefully I see you there, uh, when they do the track night. Um, but, uh, it's, it, it's hard to fit it in and like time goes on and I'm so now I'm like, Oh man, when kids come in the picture, like I don't, I don't, I'm gonna have to be calling Nick and and, and Rick and saying, "How do you do this? Like, what what do I what do I do?" And uh, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking at those guys, but uh, but yeah, I, I I had some questions for you here though. I, I've got it. So here's the big one though. So this is Gino. Be more like Gino. How many track events do you do a year? I'm curious because. Man, I like every time I, I pull out my phone on like a Monday, I'm like, damn, Gina's been at the track again. I'm, <laughs> I'm jelly. I want to I wanna be there. I want to race. I want to hang out. So and I, I, the, the best number I have for you was um, 2018. I know just looking at the calendar, I was at a track 35 days that wow. year uh, actually driving something. And in 18, I think I touched 45 days. So that means actual spent at a track, um, which, you know, doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think about it, that's a month and a half out of a year that I was at that, um, you know, again, so that that's across the board that that's uh, uh, track events, time trials, uh, enduros, which obviously enduro weekends are generally you know, two, two, three days at a time. Um, so, but, uh, again, that, that's try to do, I wanted to try to at least meet or beat that this year. That's probably not going to happen with the two months we had off. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I try to do as many as I can. And, um, I've been fortunate enough that I'm kind of at that point where a lot of times I get to drive other people's cars. So, uh, you know, again, that's, that's flying a lot of places now. Um, I couldn't do it if it was having to be my own car. I just, there wouldn't be enough time for me to keep my professional life. Um, and also make the travel. So, uh, flying to a lot of events and so kind of like you you know drive like you in the corvette um i have been fortunate yep. enough now that um i usually have access to a car with somebody um wherever i go which is you know to me it's it's like a dream come true even though you know i'll never do this professionally or be on tv but to go somewhere and have somebody trust you with a car or a piece of equipment to go out and have fun i think is just awesome so hey you never know we might we might get the call after <laughs> you and i you know we're like Hey, you know we're 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 dynasty. This is this isn't the last dance. Yeah, this is the first dance. See, we're ready for to go. Me, <laughs> I will always want to be that guy. I mean, I know so many guys that want to be pro drivers, and 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 they claim to be pro drivers, and they do all this. You know, for me, I do this because I enjoy the cars, and man, I yeah. love the community. So, I mean, yeah, if somebody calls, and says, hey, you want to run the the Rolex Twenty Four? Me, uh, yeah, I'll be there. Um, but for me, it's just, I want to try to drive as many different cars as I can and do all the tracks. Um, that's kind of what gets me going and meeting all the people and, and, and things like that. But, uh, yeah. And, and in a nutshell, I try to do as many as I can. If I'm not, I, at least two or three weekends out of the month, I want to be at a track if possible. And I feel, and so the thing, my goal, and I don't know about you, but like ultimate goal for me would be like someone asked me to go drive something at like Goodwood. 
Because I, I feel like a like a vintage car on bias flies would just really fit my style <laughs> of driving. Like I think that would be my perfect calling of like, oh, this is it. You know, like the, uh, you know, screw the the clean laps. You know, super grippy tires. Give me so bias for flies. me, my my <laughs> thing. I, so honest to goodness, um, you know, and I, and I, I hate to sound like a broken record, and people already know, but. Um, what James and like Jay Zilla has done for me is they like give me some of just the craziest, um, you know, opportunities. And so, yeah, um, just the LMP2 car. We, I've, I've got to ask you about that, but we get what you're going to. Well, no, no, it's going to the same place. I mean, again, so it, what it was was Zen Racing, it was actually an LMP3 car, which is close enough for me. Um, or LMP3, so yeah, I yeah, was yeah. at uh, kind of a funny thing, so just all because of the kind of the, this group I'm a part of, um. I got to race Coda. Um, so uh, just to give you an idea, and, uh, I, on my own podcast, I told the story, but um, WRL at uh, Circuit of the Americas, I fly to the first time Dakota on Thursday. Um, there's kind of a wet practice day um, to get the cars ready. I'm like, hey, guys, let's not take the Miatas out in the wet. It's, it's, let's not do this right now. Let's wait for the dry. Let's not crash in the practice day. Um, but in the meantime, there's like street cars. People brought their Vipers and their GT3s. So I'm like, wait a minute. Somebody get some tape and put a number on the side of my rental car. And let's go out there because I'm not here where I track. I don't want to wreck the race car, but I'll wreck my rental car. Um, so we throw a number seven on the side because it's the easiest number to throw on. So I go out. We're in yep. the rain. My first lap's at Coda in this T-liter turbo Chevy Malibu. Um, we run the race, uh, so that's uh, Thursday and Friday. We we'll practice Saturday. Uh, we finish like second. Sunday, um, I end up triple sitting a car trying to trying to get to the podium. So that was my whole coded experience. Well, that, it just worked out. I mean, in life, sometimes things just work out perfect. Well, that Monday um, was a Jay Zilla. The I think it was the day after Monday after Easter event, whatever it was. And I end up flying. I leave the track in my suit um, immediately following my stint. Fly from Austin to Houston, from Houston into Birmingham. Arrive at Birmingham like a midnight, the only flight. And I'm like, James, I'm going to come to the event. You know, I just left Coda, but I don't have a car. He's like, man, don't worry about it. We'll find you a car to drive. I'm like, all right. So make it to the track. And uh, one of my favorite uh, cars is uh, a guy named uh, Joseph Dale, who actually Southern Fresh. Had his protege five out there, so we got in the Morham tour around in his little hundred horsepower car, just like mine. And throughout the day, just crazy cars start popping up. Um, you know, Fred says, "Hey, you gotta drive my ZL11 LE." So we're doing 150, whatever it was that Barber. Oh man, that, that car's the best. I drove yeah, it to Charlotte. I, I, that, it's a it's beast. so good. Um, I end up driving Jack Fu wherever he's at. I'm gonna probably be behind the wheel of his car, his V6 Miata. So. Just this crazy smorgasbord of cars. I mean, just a dream come true. I'm just driving lap after lap in different cars. Well, yeah. like towards the end of the day, I'm kind of hanging around. And uh, Matt Isbell, who drives Zen Racing LMP3 car, anyone who's in the southeast runs NASA and knows the car. He has actually brought this car here for some reason to this track. Today. I have no idea why, but it's awesome to watch us out there. And so I know him. I've raced with him. We're kind of talking. He has a client there with a Z06 race car. And I'm asking him questions about Corvettes. And just randomly, he's like, hey, man, why don't you go grab your helmet? Um, and so I'm thinking, all right, he's going to take me out in the Z06. I had a passenger seat. And anytime I get to ride with Matt, he's he's one of my mentors in racing. I take it. 
And so we're walking to the Corvette. I got my helmet. He's like, hey, hold on. Let's put the, the, the shell back on the LMP3 car. So I'm like, all right, put my helmet down, pick it up, put it back on this car. So cool. Just even get to touch the car. And he's like, all right, well, let's jump in the car now. So he's like, put your helmet on. So I'm thinking, okay, I know this. This is going to be a cool photo op that uh, he's going to let me take with my helmet on the car. I'll put it on Instagram like I drove this car. Um, yeah. Next thing I know, I'm in it, and he's buckling me up. And I'm like, okay, this is a little little much for the photo, but I'll, I'll roll with it. Then he starts rattling off orders like, when you go out there, hit this button, and you need to do this. Don't do this. Don't hit any curbs. Oh. And I'm like, okay, Matt, what are you talking about? He says, yeah, I'm going to shut the door here in a second, and I'm going to push you off. And just go out there and run a love, be conservative, have fun. I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, and, oh, my and gosh. And anyone who knows Matt, he goes a million miles an hour. And I'm like, Matt, stop, stop. What are you talking about? He says, listen, man, I trust you. Go out there, be conservative, but I want you to push and have a little bit of fun. And so I stalled this car about a billion times. Uh, it's a sequential, you know, and I look <laughs> at the fool getting it out. Finally make it to the grid. And here I am sitting in this quarter million dollar LMP3 car. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I'm running on two hours of sleep. Um, but you know what? Uh, we, I, I made it off the road, ran a session, just probably one of the most brutal cars I've ever driven. Um, uh, again, probably going three tenths compared to when Elf was going. But I just couldn't believe how, uh, for me, I always I'm used to 100 horsepower cars out in this, you know, a uh, huge race car you could just pass whoever you wanted to i was chasing the f6s <laughs> and it was like you wouldn't believe it it was the probably the most aero dependent car i've ever driven obviously and uh you know again just a, a dream come true i'll never forget it uh, anytime i tell matt i tell him thank you for it but um yeah kind of like that that was one of the dream come trues for me um thanks to just being part of a great group and being around really awesome people and you know again, that's just stuff that doesn't happen anywhere um <laughs> The only yeah. item that I have kind of on the bucket list that I think is realistic, um, obviously I'd love to say, yeah, I'm going to run the Rolex 24, but I think realistically for me, I'd like to make it to Pikes Peak someday. I think that's uh, an event yeah. that I can actually pull off one of these days. And I want to run the 25 Hours of Thunder Hill, which uh, may or may not happen this year um, with the whole COVID thing. But um, those are two I want to do. But yeah, check off the huge bucket list driving the LMP3 car. And there's some other cars in the list I want to drive. Uh, I want to do a, you know, a stock car at a place like Daytona or a place like Charlotte. Um, yeah. Want to do some GT cars, maybe do it, you know, something like MT35. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to top that, um, that, that experience. No, I, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause I mean, I was, I saw that and I was like, man, go Gino. That, that is just, that's killer. And uh, it's funny you say, bring up Pike's Peak. Cause that was, that's kind of one of those that um, I too looked at as like, Hey, you know, I think this might be doable. You know, when I ran the Corvette last year, um, you know, it was, that car was extremely temperamental, but the few times we did get to, you know, I did get to, you know, kind of stretch its legs for whether that was half or three quarters of a lap. Um, I was like, Hey, you know, I, th- I think, I think we, I, I get this. I think, you know, this would be, I can't. Every time I came home, I was like, I think this would be a great Pike Speed car one day <laughs> if it had. It needs like ABS, some sort of maybe traction control, and maybe do away with the air, active aero. And uh, I, I, I think that like I think that is something that would be doable um, down the road. And I'd love to talk to the owner. Um, we 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 communicate all the time, pretty much weekly, just random stuff. But um, would love to 
you know, hit him up, see like, Hey, one day, you know, would you, would you like to, you know, basically be a principal to bring a, bring a car there? Cause I think that would be yeah, so much it's fun. Crazy. I know we had the same I, idea because I got friends with, with yeah. cars. Like, this car would work. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I'm not going to go there and <laughs> yeah. win or try to, you know, be, be, be famous, but you know, I'd like to go there and be something competitive, whatever it is. But yeah, I'm in the same boat as you were. I know people with cars that it would do pretty well. They kind of trust me to drive the cars, so it's just a matter of putting it yeah. together. But um, yeah, I feel like that's one that's uh, that's attainable. And um, you know, it's not so much even the cars. There's a lot of tracks I want to drive. Uh, you know, I've done a lot yeah. of stuff um, here in the U.S., but I still have to make it out to Laguna. Um, I really want to do Indy one day, even if it's in a, in a Trump car or Champ car race. Um, there's you know two or three uh, here stateside. I still really want to knock off. Um, obviously the Nurburgring rings when I want to get to, um, but, totally. um, yeah, for me, that's, you know, again, I, I, my, my thing is I want to try to drive as many of the cars as I can and do as many of the tracks as I can. Um, you know, as opposed to some people want to be on TV, that's, that's not really my thing. It's just more about, you know, experiencing all the machinery. So. No, I, I, I agree, man. And there's, there's so much, there's so much fun out there and uh it, it i think it's it's really interesting and i don't think a lot of people don't realize like how um small the like the motorsports community community is and how many like good people there are and how far just being just being nice to other folks goes and uh it, i think it gets you a long way like i think you're one of the nicest guys i'd ever meet in the paddock and um and it shows because like i mean you know, you got all the talent. You've got you know um, all the all the all the good banners to to for these guys to trust, and uh, it, it's it's paid off. I mean, I, I think that guys that want to get to that next level or get the opportunities to drive stuff, it's really all just about you know going up and saying hi to folks and uh, and really just uh, you know being kind. And as I say, I say that Mike, this is pretty funny. Oh, I thought it was I thought it was my fiance coming in and telling me that um it's time to, to turn it off, but it was actually my cat that opened the open decided to open the door because he can that, do that's that. the life that's the life of a podcast. I can kinda of relate. But that, yeah, yeah. Our our cat has figured out how to open the door above our garage and he just he just did that. He he like climbs up, opens the door and comes in and while well, I'm trying to deliver this heartfelt message. Classic. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? It's it's you know, as long as you can you know, be kind and, and, uh, and not be afraid to go talk to the people in panic. I mean, it's amazing the kinds of stuff that comes about. And, uh, I think, I think, I think it's it, it, like, you probably just like me, it's been really surprising to see the stuff that's that, uh, that the doors have opened. And I'm telling you, if I go to Pike speak, I'm calling my buddy Ray Everham and he's going to be my coach. Yeah, no, I- cause he's, cause he's done it, man. He, he is like, he is all about it. Uh, it's funny, that's, he, he ran under that, 10 or something. That's part of the reason why I have kind of a, a, a infatuation to do it. I watched his documentary um, on it when he ran it, you know, and he gets to the top and he's out of breath yeah. and, and, and the whole thing. And for me, yeah. that looks like, you know, again, something that, that would be fun to do, but yeah, but going back to what you said, yeah, just, uh, you know, again, I, I've heard it said before, and I always tell people this: in our hobby, um, whether it's you're talking just the, you know, from autocrossers to rally guys to track guys to endurance racers to NASCAR guys, there is a level of, you know, again, these are extreme people that strap themselves in the cars, know the risk, and want to go fast. 
Uh, but what you get in that when you meet people that are this passionate about it is you just meet some awesome people that, um, you know, again, yeah, yeah, there's always, I mean, me and you probably can name a couple people that we know in the paddock, like, like anything else, aren't the nicest guys, but 99% of them, I, I can tell you right now, um, I could take out my phone and I could call anybody, um, that I know, um, you know, from, from motorsport, from track day stuff, and I'd say I needed help and they would actually answer the call. So there's no other real hobby, I think. Um, you know, that has this type of camaraderie. And, um, you know, again, I spent a lot of time in Atlanta because that's where a lot of the track events are. Um, I don't live there. Yeah. I don't have any family there. But in actuality, I do um, because I had the track me up there. And so, like, I stay at people's houses up there. Um, when when a hurricane rolled through here, I'm in Florida. Um, they're calling me like, hey, pack your car. Uh, there's a room here waiting for you while you stay. <laughs> that's, uh, so awesome. that's the type of community this is. And, you know, again, yeah, the, some of the opportunities I've been given to drive incredible cars. I mean, I've gotten car, I've gotten to drive cars that have values that I will never, ever, you know, uh, you know, possibly dream of buying. Um, but because they trust you and you've made the relationship, uh, obviously it's flattering when they trust you to drive that car at a high, high, you know, high pace. But um, yeah, again, it just goes to show the type of people that we deal with. And, and that's why people that, are not part of this community or if they want to get into track day stuff, just go do it. I was always real nervous about looking foolish out there. Um, but now, you know, again, I, I, I'm on the other end where when I see somebody that's new, you know, it's kind of a, one of those things where we got to kind of help them out a little bit, but um, no community like ours. And even through tough times like this, it shows because so many people reach out, Hey, how you doing? How's business? Um, they don't have exactly. any reason to, other than the fact they want to check up on me. And even though we only see each other, like me and you will probably only see each other in person five, six times this year, but I could take exactly that call, say, Hey, how about that race? And you know, we could feel connected yeah. to that. So that's the kind of the beauty of, the, of this community. No, man. And I, I love that. It's like, uh, like I, I love seeing Nick Thompson's one of my favorite people in the paddock, just because I think Nick's just one of the coolest dudes. I look up to him in so many ways. You know, I've asked him for career advice before. Um, he's just he's just a he's just a great person and has an awesome outlook in life. And I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing I'll never forget was uh, I think it was one of the first times I saw you at a Jay Zilla event. You you had a you had a V eight Volvo SUV I I, at I one point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You still have it? What? Okay, all right. Because I remember Nick and I I was loading up my car. You know, and I think Nick had just told me, he's like, yeah, man, you can't sell this car. This is when I had the S2000. He's like, this car is your identity. He's like, man, he's like, I just love that you're out here using it. And, you know, Nick, Nick's giving me his talk. And uh, all of a sudden, we stop and we look over and we see you drive by in that Volvo. And we both go, damn, that Volvo <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> and it did. Or it does. So, that, I, that, I, that car that turns I'll like give super you a, rad. A little car, car geek uh, thing about that car. So I actually was looking for an SUV, and I wanted that. It was I had that or I wanted a, a Volkswagen or Touareg at the time. But the Volvos at the time, if anyone's listening, I think it's 03 through 13. Any of the V8s they made, that's actually the same motor they used in baseline motor they used, I, I believe, in the V8 supercar. And actually, I no way. the same 4.4. It's a Yamaha built motor. They also used it. That's the, <laughs> that's the stock motor in the Noble M400. So if you look at it, 
If you look at the Nova Four, it's one of the coolest sports cars. Well, that's the motor they use. It's uh, built by Yamaha and Volvo. And uh, anyway, it's kind of a crazy thing. It's uh, like that car has got 160,000 miles on that, and it's towed way more than it ever has should. And I can go crank it up right now. I mean, I I, I towed a 24 foot enclosed uh, trailer with that, probably like a six seven thousand pound trailer with the race car in it at any given time with that thing. Um, Oh and my like, gosh. I can't even get rid of it because it's just, it's so sentimental to me and it's worth probably nothing anymore. But uh, yeah, that, that's the story of my Volvo and uh, it's towed cars everywhere. So, uh, but... oh my gosh. I, I love that thing. And uh, I one of my favorite cars ever owned, I had a Volvo S60R. You had a, okay, that's, and, I, that's uh, a unique car. Yeah, I had the, uh, okay, was it, was it, oh, it was an 06 because it had the updated diff. And it could, um, it could shoot like eighty percent to the yeah, rear, the and it, it, yeah, yeah, the hall. So it had the updated Haldex, and it could. So the other one was more yep. front wheel drive bias, and it was still front wheel drive bias. But like, in uh, you could trick the computer once you, you so to turn everything off. This is very Volvo, Volvo fashion. You had to hit the attraction control button and in tempo five <laughs> times. So you're like one, two, three, four, five. And then it would throw all these lights up. I don't know where I found this. This is like, you know, the dark ages of the internet. And uh, I was in college and I bought this thing for next to nothing at a car auction. You can relate, wholesale. And uh, my dad told me, was like, why the hell did you buy this thing? He went and picked it up for me. And then I didn't see it for three weeks. And he's like, I love this car. <laughs> and it was uh, silver with navy interior, best seats in the business. And, um, Unfortunately, it was automatic. It was actually a really good automatic, and it does exactly what you tell it to. And that thing did really good skids. In the wet, you could, uh, you'd, have, you'd have to, like, trump it, and then as soon as the car started figuring out what was going on, you'd have to back off and then come back to it, and that, that's how you could get it to shoot power all to the rear. And I found this out through uh, trial and error. And um, it was great. I could do like full lock skids with my friends in the car, and they thought it was like the coolest trick ever. That was before I was in the track days, and it was just autocross. Um, and I did autocross it once, and it was uh, it was on like one of her Walmart tires. It probably came on at the time. I ended up putting Conti's uh, like extreme contacts, but uh, my race car wouldn't start, so I brought it. I actually, like won my class. Was like top and packs and it was in this Volvo. Now, it, like, it's it funny awesome. me and you might have another crossing of the stories because one of my dreams is to have that air of Volvo, uh not the s60 but i think it's uh the v70r the, the v70 one of my yes. dreams is, <laughs> and they're starting to come down in price now they're like dirt cheap yeah get one of those throw some tires on it throw some pads on it um and that would be a fun track car. i think you could go really beat up on some people um have some fun oh man you you really could, and that five cylinder sounds really cool, and uh, it, it man it would haul like I I, I can't you know um, I was not at the racetrack, uh, but uh, asking for a friend, it'll do one fifty five real easily, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, the thing was just it had it had like a first gen uh, Magnaride, yeah. and it was actually really really good like the the from comfort to advance and. I think with like maybe probably a little bit stiffer spring rate and uh, like you said, some pads and some tires, like the thing would be a beast. On now, there is actually aftermarket uh, support. I love it. A company it. named IPD does a lot of aftermarket support for Volvos. But yeah, if you ever see Gina show up in a V7R one day, 
Uh, it means it actually oh. did happen, but that's kind of one of my dreams. Some people want, I'm yeah, some people keys. want crazy cars like Porsches and things. I'd love to have a V7 R wagon or some type of wagon and go out there and beat up on some people. Oh, totally. That that that. I think if I think if I were to have like the, an ultimate dad mobile that's like reasonably priced, because like you said, they're coming down in price. One of those in a six B would be, be awesome. <laughs> be so cool. So okay, I gotta get, I gotta get to some questions because. Um, I, I think we're, we're, we're running out of time. There was uh, there were so many things I want to get to. There's some things I missed, which is okay because we'll just come back to it at another time. Um, so I got to ask you, so you and I both have, like you said, have been able to drive a lot of really good cars over the years from Miatas to Porsches. Uh, you know, I've gotten to drive like some Ferraris and McLarens and stuff. Um, but what's the best thing you've driven? Mine's a GT3, but What's the best yeah, thing? Yeah, you, you know, honest to goodness, I mean, I, I should say the LMP3 car, uh, which is probably going to be the baddest car I've ever driven, but probably my yeah. favorite car I've ever driven, um, just because it's so close to home to me. And um, uh, the, the team I race for AOA Motorsports out of Atlanta, uh, John DeBarros used to run IMSA Continental Challenge, and he has a Mazda uh-huh. Speed 3 that he ran in Connie um, in ST. Uh, oh yeah, and he still has I've seen car. that car. And I don't know. For me, I mean, it's not the fastest car, but it, it was the first car I ever drove that felt like a super real deal race car. It's just as it was when he ran in Connie. It's like my Mazda, but it's it's an actual race car. Has you know 300 horsepower. So for me, that's probably my favorite car to drive. Best car I ever driven. I, I think that one that um, just suits me as a driver. Kind of suits the my front wheel drive persona, but it's still a badass car. Uh, that'd probably do it yeah. for me. So. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, that's pretty good. That's a great answer. I mean, I, I remember meeting him at Road Atlanta. My first time at Road Atlanta, I met him, and he had that car out. And uh, I remember asking about all the IMSA stuff, and I think it was right when he got a Z06. Yep. Um, and he was like, the car is awesome. He had it on, like, center locks or, uh, and slicks. And he's like, it's it's he's like it's so fast for two. <laughs> yeah, I've driven that car. It's the one lap wonder because I, that's one. Of, he actually still has that car. It's a long story, but um, yeah, it was one of the early Z06s that I think had some overheating issues. Uh, but yeah, I've driven yep. that car. It's a beast. Uh, but yeah, I've driven anything, everything he owns. It seems like. Um, but yeah, that probably his Connie car, um, which he's actually doing some stuff to it now. I don't want to spill the beans on it. Um, but you might see that car actually in some uh, some races. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll oh, be really? involved in it. Um, but maybe sometime later, later this year, yeah. or next year, that car will, will might make it back to the racetrack in actual uh, in, in some different wow. series. So, wow! Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd, I'd love to see that. Um, and then I gotta ask you. I think these are my two staple questions because I think these are tough. It's what is the perfect two car garage? Be, being realistic, like my like I would say mine is like a track prep properly track prep like s2000 like the new tahoe or a new pickup of some sort um but what is the perfect two-car realistic garage um so look like good question so for me i'm a big suv guy um i daily suvs that's just kind of what i drive so it would be something along the lines of um i'm a big fan of, of x5s obviously i have one um, I'd probably have a new yeah. X5M um, to be a dual-purpose daily. Um, I am known to track an SUV every now and then, so I, I wouldn't be afraid to take <laughs> on the track. I mean, actually, I damn near would take it on the track. So probably X5M, uh, maybe Range Rover uh, Sport, like an SVR or something like that. Um, 
but I'm yeah. pretty uh, loyal to BMW, so probably go that as a daily. Um, as a you know, again, if money were no object, that could get a little dangerous because I probably have something, um, you know, like uh, the KTM the little crossbows as a track dedicated car, but. Uh, more realistic, yeah. if it had to be like a regular garage, it'd probably be an X5M, and I'd really like to have a C7 Grand Sport. Oh, man, C7 Grand Sport's what's up. It really is. And I think that they're probably going to get a lot of uh, really appreciated when the C8 prices are going to be so high and those cars are going to be discounted. I think we're going to see a lot of those as the track. And um, I uh, can't say all the details, but I have driven one on a racetrack, and I can't exactly say where. <laughs> for a few years <laughs> but i can say that i drove a a c7 grand sport uh with a, a professional driver i warmed it up for him and i was played the stunt devil for him in a film and i can't say where it was <laughs> but i can say that i was probably went as fast as about anything has ever gone around this track and I was probably, I'm just saying this as a as a prob as a probably the only car to ever go around there at speed. But I cannot say where. You can ask me in person, but I won't say on this. <laughs> well, I understand that. And, and, but uh, yeah, just, just back to the reason why um, I've driven, like I said, like uh, driven a little bit of everything. Um, I don't know why I'm in love with the uh, the C7 chassis. I feel like the Z06. I feel so like good. the Z06 is a little bit too much power. Um, but is. the Grand Sport, that the you know the 455, whatever it is, um, I think it's the right amount of yep. power. I'd take it um, as it is. I mean, I, I wouldn't even mind a C7 automatic. I think they're pretty darn good. Um, but yeah, I think that's just the perfect rocket. Um, you know, against you could go around. Uh, you could easily do probably low 30s at Red Atlanta in that car. You know, oh, um, and be cruising. So easily. Um, that would be yeah, probably an X5M and a, and a C7 Grand Sport, and I'd be happy. I'm just going to throw out some advice there. Uh, C7 Grand Sport uh, with headers, intake, uh, intake manifold um, with some, let's say, just say JRS shocks uh, is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and um, in a few years, I will tell the whole story about driving one on X track with Y person and standing in as his double. But, uh, but until then, they're really good. Uh, and so like, I would say like GT three, a C seven grand sports, probably pretty good. I'm actually really anxious to drive a C eight. Hopefully someone will pitch me the keys this year, but then comes the question of the three car garage. And this is where it gets interesting because it's like, what do you go with? You got to have the tow vehicle in my mind. You got to have the fun weekend car. And then you got to have the, like the track car. That's really fun. And it's, it's a tough one. Like I, I think, like the new Tahoe with the diesel would be like the, you know, perfect. And then I think an S2000 race car and then probably a GT3 manual, but that's just me. But what is, what is, what is well, Gino's per, or, or, or something vintage, probably a vintage race car. And then I don't know what the third would be. I I've got plenty, plenty of episodes to make where I can, I can change this, <laughs> but what is Gino's? What is Gino's? So I'm going to be smart here. So I, I keep the first two because the next five M can tow 6,000 okay. pounds. So I need a totally. trailer. Um, yep. But Perfect. just uh, for, just to keep it fun. Um, apparently I'd have a lot of money if I had these two cars and, and a three car drive, <laughs> which means I'd probably have enough money to go race. Um, and so yeah. I would probably have as a third car, uh, a full on race car. 
Uh, I'm a big GT car guy, so I'd probably have uh, an MT35 IR or something I could go do some Maduro races with. I could there tear it there with my X5. Um, either that or probably the new M2 uh, competition um, uh, race car, uh, something like that, uh, just because it looked cool behind the BMW, and I like yeah. those two cars. So, yeah, so I'd have a full-on race car because I still want to race. I'd have the vet for to go beat up on track day people, and I'd have the X5 if I wanted to do all three. So, Heck, yeah. I think that's perfect. So and then and then I got two sure. more questions, and then I probably need to get back to my fiance and our <laughs> cat, who's probably going to try to open the door here again soon. Um, so best car, uh, okay. Let's see, best car you've owned. Uh, best. Or, 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 and then the worst car you've owned. Oh man, I've owned like fifty <laughs> cars. So that's tough. Um, best car I've ever owned. Um, gosh, I, I want to say it's my Beamer the X5 right now, but. I really have yep. to go with, I mean, just because of what it's done for me, it's got to be the Mazda 2. Um, the car has a lot, the car has given me, um, it sounds kind of like a douchey thing, but it's given me a little bit of a reputation that it has. It has given <laughs> <me access. laughs> no, it has. It's so, it's, it's, it's accurate. That's, that's yeah, not douchey. I mean, that's it totally has given accurate. me you access to cars that if it wasn't for Chad Burdett getting that shot that night, um, making on a t-shirt, making on posters, um, it has given me access to cars I have never dreamed I'd ever get to drive because people seem to think I can drive cars, whether it's true or not, who knows. Um, but because of that moment, it has given me access to things that I should not have had access to. Um, and even still today, um, it's, it's given me, you know, it's allowed me to uh, meet more people because of that photo, because of what the car represents. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got to say that's the best car I've ever owned. Worst car I've ever owned. Um, that's pretty tough because I've kind of liked – actually, no, this is easy – um i owned i always wanted to own a seven series bmw and so i bought one i loved the car it was fast it was big but the maintenance on this car was so horrendous i got it out of my system i, I can say on the seven series uh, i i actually work at a bmw store i took it in for service one day nothing wrong with the car and they said hey it's gonna be fifteen hundred dollars and it was at that moment i decided i was not meant to own a seven series which 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 seven series was, was gosh, it? I think it was a 06 750li. It was the long one. It would Ooh. do. It would do. Ooh. I'm told. Not sad idea, but it would do 130, 140 on the freeway all day long, like it was nothing. It was cool to take people around in Austin to go on dates on. They'd always valet it up front. But man, it was a it was a pain in the ass to keep that car running. Uh, just just because the maintenance was <laughs> so high. Um, but yeah, best and worst um, would be uh, definitely my Mazda. And worse would be that seven series. But you, what we can definitely agree on, I, I think you will agree because you're a big yeah. BMW guy. The 740i Sport is one with the Sport package, one of the best looking you're cars. You're talking of all like time. the E38, like James Bond's car. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I long to own one of those one day. Um, I think that'd be the ultimate daily. Um, there's a couple of people that I've gotten really creative with them. Um, and started to put M3 motors in them or put newer V8s. And uh, I've actually seen a manual swap one that was in real clean. But, uh, I mean, you can get those cars relatively cheap for four or $5,000. Oh, so yeah. one day the right one's going to get traded in. I'm going to scoop it. It's going to have the M uh, wheels on it, preferably silver like James Bond, the one he drove with his Nokia phone. Um, but, yeah, that's a, as a BMW guy, that'd be one I wouldn't mind owning at all. Oh, man, they're so good. I mean, I remember uh, so my dad – so my mom had an old 735 Li when I was a kid. I love that car. I thought that was so cool. And then my dad had a 740 IL, which is like the mm-hmm. you know, long version. 
Um, I always wished it would have been a 740X. I thought it was way cooler, but Dad was like, we need the extra extra room. He bought this thing used, and uh, he put a ton of miles. I think he, he put, I think, 100,000 miles on his, and uh, that car was so cool. I remember leaving a basketball game as a kid, and I used to <laughs> shift for him. He used to put it in manual mode, and I'd shift for him. And uh, we left uh, is East, Eastern Kentucky. Um, it was like a high school basketball game. I was like in middle school. And I remember I was shifting for my dad coming out. I would like put it in, in uh, first gear and he was coming out. It was snowing. And he did the biggest skid <laughs> coming, coming out. And I was like, oh, yeah, one day I'm going to do this a lot. <laughs> well, I tell you what, while I had this public platform, and I'm sure you got a lot, of, uh, a lot of listeners, if anyone's listening to this and they have a newer 7 Series, I would love to track that car. So if you want to let me borrow it, probably yeah. at Road Atlanta, I would love to take it near. I, I'm not picky. It could be a 740, 750, 760, whatever motor you have. I would love to run a couple sessions of that car. So if you're willing to bo- let me borrow it, um, please make contact with me um, as soon as possible. I think I think there needs to be a new show. It's just, it's just Gino and Patrick <laughs> uh, test cars at Atlanta Motorsports Park. You bring us your cars. You can pick one of one of us to drive it. We'll review it together. For like it's like three lap reviews, and then one of us does a hot lap in it. I think we need a hot lap board. I think A and P needs to come on board with this, kind of what M- Andy Pilgrim does with uh, <laughs> with automobile mag at NCM. And it, I, have you watched any of these videos? I, I have. Yep. I, have you watched the Camaro SS One Elite? Is yeah. this the one where OnStar calls? Oh, no, that was that was okay. his year one. But there's one where he does it in my car. And every time I drive around NCM, all I can in in the back in the back of my mind, there's just this Andy Pilgrim voice. It's like, yes, yes, here the Camaro likes a lot of curb, likes a lot of curb through here. Yeah, more curbs, which you need everywhere I go. I, and I that's all I can think is, and I'm like, I need to avoid the curbs. The curbs aren't as fast, Andy. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's like needs a little bit more curb coming through here, and it never. It's well, never faster. I, I tell you, before, before <laughs> stop, James Marcelana has a Mercedes Metris van. And I set oh. the standard that you can go around AMP safely at speed in a G Wagon. So I think I've got him about closed down, letting me drive this Metris and do at least one session. I'd love to do a van uh, at a track day. So that's kind of what I got in the work. So anyone who has a 7 Series and James, if you yeah. want to borrow your van, I'll be good for the rest of the year. So. We should we should do we should collab on a um, uh, the full sweep and the Jay's Little podcast record a session on the track or or dinner parade lap maybe that would be a little huh. bit safer and we we could we, with passengers I think it'd be pretty funny but, parade uh, lap I can only see how yeah. that ends uh, oh that would be bad <laughs> <laughs> but all right so before we go. Um, what, uh, what do you want to plug? You, you gotta, you gotta go follow you. You gotta listen to the podcast. I love it. I've been yeah, on it. Yeah, uh, so, I think twice, I think twice now. I, think well, I wasn't ready twice. for this. So yeah, a couple of people I got to plug. Um, obviously if you guys are in the Southeast, which if you're friends with Patrick, you probably are. Um, please come run with us. <laughs> Jay's track days. Uh, we have a couple of events, uh, going through the end of the year. Uh, Charlotte motor speedway is one you have to try to make. Uh, we got, yep. Yeah, we Most got definitely. Daytona coming up. Uh, a couple road Atlanta, a couple AMP events. Um, so please, we have. A, I think we have one barber left later in the year. Uh, so come on, run with us. Uh, if you like this podcast, uh, I think Patrick basically copied me. Uh, my, me and my <laughs> co-host Rick Stengard, a big track day guy, uh, has one. The Jay's Little Podcast. If you want to listen to us, we're on. Uh, we're also on uh, on 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 iTunes finally and Spotify. 
Um, and then, yeah, if you guys want to follow me, I, I try to post some track stuff every now and then on my Instagram, just Instagram.com. Uh, I guess I'm at Gino Manley. So um, follow me. And, uh, yeah, it's a good time. And uh, meet more people like Patrick. And uh, life's good. Yeah, man. Well, that was fun. We're going to have to do this again. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm getting ready to go back on the track. I've got – oh, I meant to tell you – I didn't tell you this. Before we got on, I mentioned how many miles I'm going to drive this weekend. And it's 1,340 miles. <laughs> and I'm taking the Camaro on RS4s to CMP, but I'm also going to Beaufort. I'm also going to Columbia, South Carolina, and I'm also driving. Yeah, when, you, when you go up the East Coast from Florida to Watkins Glen, then you can call me, and I'll tell you about a real trip. Hey, I know. I, I, I this was. I figured this was like a half <laughs> trip for you, but I was like, this is this is a lot for me because I'm I'm driving. I'm, I'm not towing the car. I'm driving it. So we'll we'll see how this goes. Hopefully, it's fun. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed enjoyed this episode. Um, it was a blast talking to Gino, and uh, we'll have to do this again Definitely again soon. Will. Peace out. Hope you guys uh, stay safe, and I will see you at a track. All right. Sounds Cheers. good, buddy. Cheers.